0: Trust is an extremely powerful thing. The ability to pledge allegiance, the ability to take something or an institution, a word, for granted. This isn't just for the trust of long term legacy institutions. This holds the same for individuals, for people who you might have an interest in in social media, or quite frankly, Literally anyone or anything else it is an incredibly powerful thing to sign up 100% for one type of opinion or one type of source. Likewise, distrust is also incredibly powerful. Seeking to other, seeking to designate something as an outgroup, to take an oppositional stance, to not think about it whatsoever, if not worse. This discards an entire field of information, and makes making arguments much more convenient. gives you efficient tools to try to dismiss points that others may be making. All this is to say that trust and distrust are two sides of the same coin. A push towards refusing to do a complex series of calculations, and Accepting the nuance of any situation where information is uncertain and asymmetric. So today, a disagreement and a kind piece of advice. Hi hi, welcome welcome, this is Metapol with me, Cactus, demystifying politics, media, and culture for all who seek a way out. I made a tweet a few weeks ago that now I think was an excellent premonition for things to come. I said, It seems difficult to keep institutional trust between 30 and 70 percent. We'll see how long I last. I was making an observation about those in all parts of political life. Fun fact, this is actually a re-recording of another version that I did on this exact same topic. In traditional Metapolitics style, I try to stay away from addressing points directly, instead focusing only on the abstract principle, the one that I just gave you in the introduction. However, listening to it over and over again, asking for feedback, and looking at the results I think it became clear that there was no other way to interpret it as a commentary on very specific things occurring within several of these communities right now. So let's bring those things to light and not be shy about it. Hopefully, this won't be viewed as an attack. This is a good faith piece of advice on how people can better sense make, communicate, and understand. The world at hand. First a logical case for the aforementioned moderate institutional trust. First of all, agency exists in almost each of the systems that we are talking about, whether it be journalism, whether it be government, or whether it be scientific institutions. For example, I've often been incredibly critical of modern-day journalistic practices, funding sources and ideological capture. All those are problems, but none of them mean that an institution is 100% false all of the time. In fact, even most institutions that have been corrupted in some way or another still produce valuable information at least a portion of their time. It's required for survival. Because of this, I've often pointed to those exact good actors. Whenever I'm criticizing the media, it's so important in order to not lose any sort of grasp on trying to defer work, on trying to collect information through second-hand means. No man is an island. And if one tries to operate based on only their own internal judgments, internal bubbles, misdirection, and just plain old mistakes, can easily take hold. This doesn't just apply to you or me, it applies to the most influential, whether they be in or outside of institutions. However, looking at each of these individuals, looking at their own track record, looking at how they engage with information, gives us a good tell on what hope we can still have for said institutions. The list of people I've recommended in media, for example, include anywhere from Nicholas Kristof and Josh Rogan of the New York Times and Washington Post, respectively, to a variety of well-conducted studies and papers that I don't have off of the top of my head right now, but of course you can go through the previous episodes for each topic in particular. What all of this means is that just because there are malicious influences doesn't mean you get a get-out-of-jail-free card to dismiss the opinions, or to dismiss the findings, factual findings, of any given organization. Now, something that I think is increasingly troubling is that this occurs not only in groups that are already insularized, on groups that are already driven by in-group dynamics, but instead also on those exact groups who are trying to seek more nuance, who are trying to seek a center, and who are united by one thing, not politics, but opposition to the status quo. I'm going to talk more about this later, and how that idea of polarization can be more generalized. However, here's what the direct level thing that is happening, at least in my opinion, is. When you have this self-sorting dynamic, not only in politics, but also in this realm of heterodoxy, then you get an increasing bundling of people who are low on institutional trust. Now, being low on individual trust, or institutional trust rather, is not an inherently bad thing on its own, particularly in the circumstances we exist in right now. Taking an extra step in specific fields, and evaluating evidence to a higher degree, particularly if it's a field of expertise, is undoubtedly a positive contribution to the overall information ecosystem. That's not the case when you get this bundling, when you get this amplification of institutional distrust, a classic exponential network effect much like the same ones that polarize along party lines. Now, is the heterodoxy group nearly as bad in the current circumstance as the Republican or Democratic parties, for example? Not in the slightest. Do they still result in some sort of consensus, in some sort of overhype, or in some sense of distortion of what is going on in the broader world? Absolutely. Now, there's a very easy counterpoint to this argument, and it relies on an idea that I've talked about on this show. Specifically, that exponential functions tend to go to 0 or 1 whether they exist. In other words, that when you have these recurrent effects such as institutional capture, then there is an accelerating growth towards one pole or the other, towards complete capture or towards proper function. Of course, the key thing that's missing from that argument is that this occurs when given enough time. And that's not necessarily what has happened so far. Right now is an incredibly novel circumstance. Social media was only widely introduced around a decade ago it is a time of extremely rapid change, and as such, exponentials haven't necessarily fully taken effect. Plus, as I've said before, this contradicts the present-day evidence, which looks at individual agency, which looks at noise in complex systems, which looks at the good faith actors that are clearly doing work that goes at the very least perpendicular, if not against the capture in these institutions, and work that is well-resourced, that is done in a proper, rigorous way, exactly what we would seek to have in a properly functioning institution, even if, even if at the same time, there are also employees, members of such organizations that do the exact opposite. What's some data points in political development? as well as some lower-scale individual studies on things like confirmation bias, is that the types of social media loops that occur, that create polarization or insularization, are not solely algorithm-dependent. Self-sorting happens in real life, whenever constraints don't force the other. Take geographical sorting, for example, or college towns, elite stratification, etc. etc. All of these things occurred before the introduction of the internet or social media. That's because whenever you get these high connection networks, those where people have a high degree of choice in who they interact with, such as a more dense city, or such as even a selection of the entire country in terms of where to immigrate to, then, of course, people express their preferences. And their preferences are very often things that match their pre-existing beliefs. What this means is that we can generalize this idea of political polarization, not just to anything that happens on social media, not just to anything relating to an issue of contention, but also to more broader ideas that are also going to be self-correlating in terms of who someone becomes friends with, where someone interacts, and what types of institutions they form. What I mean by this is polarization in institutional trust, and that this is something that is incredibly dangerous. There is correlation, of course, between different conspiracy theories. This is a result that is well found. Another, possibly disputed result is a correlation with anti-institutionalism, one of the leading hypotheses for why this correlation between different conspiracy theories exists. Otherwise, there's very little to tie together, say, a conspiracy theory about George Bush doing 9-11, or a conspiracy theory about the moon landing. Hard to draw strings between the two, other than a type of universal cynicism. Now, of course, this can be skewed, particularly by the fact that many institutionalized conspiracy theories are ignored. The belief in a widespread degree of racists that are conveniently being covered up matches every definition. Of a conspiracy theory. I have spoken about it using the term Russian racial conspiracy theories, as they have a direct tie to propaganda used during the Cold War. This is one that may be ignored when measuring what parts of the population adhere to conspiracy theory belief. In other words, causation might be backwards. That There may be a similar degree of conspiratorial behavior among those who are adherent to institutions, but only that the conspiracy theories which they believe in are conveniently not measured. Of course, this will be uncertain and a result that is up in the air until we actually get on the ground and conduct those specific surveys. Measuring, for example, Russian racial conspiracy theories and other, more institutionalized beliefs. So why of all times am I bringing this idea up now? It's because, more than ever, this institutional trust polarization is doing damage to communities that I see either online or in real life. This ranges anywhere from new centrist movements such as the free speech absolutist people, the quote intellectual dark web, or to more left-wing groups such as Never Trumpers or such as the Yang Gang, supporters of presidential candidate Andrew Yang. What seems to be increasingly frequent is a spiraling distrust of institutions, a moving of the lever of belief, the lever of importance of mainstream institutions to zero, results in the coalescing, the building of absolute trust along one specific figure or one specific set of figures. In other words, the exact problem that existed with the alternatives in the first place. Now, I know that many people in my audience, and and quite frankly, a share of the population writ large, a non-trivial portion of the population writ large, sees themselves as a member of each of these groups. And not all people or not all leading figures fall into this action. Not only that, I'm not taking this as an opportunity to take a position on repurposed drugs on the cause of lost elections, on specific legislation, or on anything other than this central point in sense-making, that we should not, cannot, let a subset of failures derange an entire group from looking at institutions as any type of signal whatsoever. One additional point is that we shouldn't be burning bridges over this issue. And I'm not just saying this because I want to retain an audience. I mean it. Not just between people who are in these different groups, but also between possible conflicts that occur in each of these groups. It is very strange, watching groups that I have an interest in for sure, these insurgency groups all falling towards an incredibly similar spiral into obscurity. The groups that I mentioned before, certainly. But this seems like a more generalized phenomenon with any group that seeks to overturn existing institutional problems. They seem to fall into this trap of complete unreliance, North Korean-style independence regime that, that fails to appreciate whatsoever the information, albeit skewed, albeit noisy, that comes out that does create some sort of correspondence with the real world. This is, quite ironically, similar to some of the fallacies that plague extreme left movements in particular, although I see a degree of it in extreme right as well. It seems that there is a type of revolutionary fervor that isn't particularly connected towards an ideology that isn't particularly connected towards a type of solution, but rather towards an opposition, a cynicism. And this can be an opposition in good faith. It can be an opposition that's justified against groups that truly are politically manipulative, that truly are corrupt, that truly are not functioning to anything close to a proper evidentiary standard. I don't disagree with any of you on these terms. So, when off on an adventure... When exploring new territory and overturning the problems of the old, don't be afraid of looking for past wisdom, for looking for diamonds in the rubble, because they will be there, and to discount them for nothing is no more than a convenient sleight of hand. One important theoretical footnote towards all of this, and apologies for not knowing where to fit this into the conversation, is the idea of generalized polarization as a model for institutional failure. Some of the same principles that apply when talking about insularization, when talking about anything that involves these self-selective or these network-generating beliefs, whether it's politics, institutional trust, or even branches of scientific theory, factions in a YouTube channel's fan base, The tensions between warring groups. All of these revolve around similar concepts, including the in-group, the out-group, including the self-selection mechanism, including the insularization, and bringing a unity towards each of these fields, looking at whatever can be abstracted, seems to me a worthy endeavor. This might be something I spend a lot of time thinking about in the future, whether it's because of its practical use, or whether because it seems so similar to mathematics that I'm just used to practicing. This pattern, this idea of looking for abstracts, for looking for parallelization so we can port the insights, from each of these fields to other subfields or other subfields of other areas, is something that I think could yield significant opportunity, insight, and structure for the institutions that we want to have in the future. Of course, one of those institutions is new media, and one of those sources of new media is this podcast. If you like listening to it, and if you think that this creates an important contribution to whatever we're thinking about. If you think that someone really needs to hear this message right now, then, of course, share the podcast, give it the thing that only you can give, your own personal endorsement recommendation to those that, I think rightfully, trust you. Use that card carefully, use it knowingly, use it with full knowledge of the consequences, of the possible pitfalls, and of the intent to do better. And especially if you do that, then thank you.